Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. Hey and this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets. We're so glad and thankful that you're able to join us. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share it. That really helps us out. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell on so you get notified every time we upload a video. If you're listening on Spotify, thank you so much for, for tuning in to the Heart and Hands podcast. We really do appreciate it. So this is our Wednesday evening conversation mm-hmm. where we move through the Old Testament. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 19, and uh, hey, I'm excited. It's uh, for us. We we took a break. We took a break. I got COVID. Well, we took so, a we, no. We didn't take a break. I took a break. You took a break. <laughs> I by, but I was mandated you, to you, take a break. You were supposedly sick. Well, supposedly. Well, you weren't. Well, I had fatigue. Mama was sick, but you. <laughs> I had fatigue. I was tired. But you had to. But you had to uh, uh, quarantine. I did. I had to quarantine. Yeah. So we did oh. that. So that's why we didn't have one last week. That's right. But well, we when they see this, it'll be several weeks. We're not supposed to say that, though. You jumped me a while ago because well, I do we, that on Sunday morning. We can say it in this in this class because we don't have a live audience. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm going to get the hang of it. One of these days, I'll get the hang of it. All right. <laughs> well, why don't you go ahead? I already told my class, you jump me all the time about that stuff. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and pray? All right, I'll do that. Father, we thank you so much for for the opportunity we have to study again together. We pray for for all of us that that as we watch and as we pay attention, as we listen, um, and as we teach, uh, that all of it will be done in accordance with your will, Father. That uh, that the folks that are that are watching, uh, that they they can learn, and that they will apply what they learn to their lives, Father. We thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to do it this way. Uh, thank you for the technology, and thank you for giving this this place, the, this church, the, the ability to do this. Father, thank you so much. Bless us tonight as we study. Help us to draw closer to you and closer to your Son, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be in Genesis 19. We're going to f- finally finish uh, Genesis 19. We've been there for, this will be the third episode. Yep. So I'm excited. It's been a while, hasn't it? It is, but it's a lot of good lessons. It's a great chapter. Sure, it it's, is. I mean, it's a fantastic chapter. You don't want to skip over stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, there's things that, that uh, you know, that you that you look at and say, okay, how's this going to fit? And uh, and you don't know. We don't know how it's going to fit. We're just going to teach it. We're just going to talk about it, and people are going to watch. And I've had some really good comments about it, and people are, are really like the the content. Uh, I went and watched. I hadn't watched any of them, you know, and I watched three of them in a row the other day, and I thought, wow. That's pretty good, even though, you know, I mean, it, it, it's very informative and it's very easy to listen to. And that's that's something I liked about it. So, well, you know, I mean, and I'm it's, biased, I guess, because I'm in it. So, <laughs> you know, but, but well, that, and that was the goal. You know, we started this uh, back when lockdown first started. Mm-hmm. You know, we started with the names of God. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of this was supposed to be just a, two men talking about scripture, mm-hmm. you know, two people talking about scripture. Um, that are passionate about scripture, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you've been teaching the book for 30 oh, years, 30 years, yeah. you know, so I mean, and you know, I haven't, I haven't been studying or teaching the book nearly as long, but I'm passionate about it. And mm-hmm. that's, that was really the point. The point was to sit down and get two people passionate about scriptures, talking about the scriptures. And, um, and, and, you know, this, this is, this class is fun to do. I mean, it's really easy to do. You know, it's a, it, when you find someone that you can really, that you really work well with and you can really teach well with, I mean, it, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's remarkable how people that are watching, they don't, they don't see that. They don't get to, they don't get to inter- interact with it. But I hope it comes across that way that it's really, that we're having a lot of fun. We do have fun doing this because it is probably the most fun that I have doing a class is this one here. And, and I've studied the Old Testament lots of times, but uh, even I'm learning stuff that, you know, doing this, this way. So it's fun. Well, it's great. I, I, I enjoyed doing this class a lot. This is this is easily one of my favorite classes to do. So, um, but I'm, I hope it comes off easy. That would be the point. That yeah, was, absolutely. That was kind of the goal, not to have not to get bogged down too much in a lot of heavy stuff, but just something that's that's very well, easy. Moving there's a the lot text. of heavy stuff. We're gonna we're gonna skip all that stuff because that's not really. I don't feel like what we're here trying to do. Well, I don't know. We've we've hit. I mean, I, I it's not that I, I we've hit some of this heavier stuff. Yeah, but and we've made it. 
I think we've made it very easy, very palatable. And we've, we've noted there have been some issues that have come up that we've said, look, there are a lot of different ways that this can be taken. Mm-hmm. We're not going to put our foot down one way or the other. That's yeah. not the goal. That's yeah. not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, but we tell, we say that. And we've only had to say that a couple of times. Well, and I think our, our goal always has been is we're trying to bring people to Jesus. For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and getting into, into stuff that is, is controversial or, you know, I don't want to do that. That's not, that's not going to accomplish the goal of getting people to Jesus. You know, because we started from the very beginning, we started and said, there's a Savior coming. There's a Messiah coming. That's right. Abraham's not it. Noah's not it. Moses is not going to be it. But he's coming. And that's really what the Old Testament points us to. It points us to Jesus. And so that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. We may not say that every week. But guys, that's what we're trying to do is trying to get you to a better place where you have where you can where it's easier to have a relationship with Jesus. Well, and and part of that is dealing with biblical truth. And we Absolutely. see a lot of we see a lot of that in Genesis. You know, it's the book means the beginning. And we're seeing a lot of these situations and their situation they're real situations that occurred to real people mm-hmm. and how they dealt with them and how they encountered and, and the scriptures record all of it and it they record all of it even in its ugliness. Yeah. You know, this stuff that's gonna happen today. In Genesis chapter 19, there's a lot of ugliness there. Yeah, there is. Um, this, in fact, this whole chapter has a lot of ugliness, yet God's justice shines through. His mercy shines through. Even though it's hard to see it right now, it does shine through. Mm-hmm. And so um, well, I think, I'm enjoying I, it. I think you can you can take away from this that, that, uh, that maybe God is not what you thought he was. I hope that comes out because... Because God, this God that we're dealing with is a God of love and understanding and compassion and mercy. You know, I mean, we just, we just looked at, at where Abraham asked for, you know, a reprieve for, for Sodom and Gomorrah, mainly for, for Lot. And, and God says, I will, I'll change. I, okay. If I can find this many, you know, that's not what the intent was. The intent was, I'm going to go there, I'm going to destroy it. But, but, uh, you know, and I think you see the, the the understanding and the compassion that he has for Abraham. And so I think that Abraham's not unlike us. You know, if he can have a compassion for this guy who's a liar and laughed at God, I think then he can have compassion on all of us too. Absolutely. And I think that's a that's a message that, that you guys need to take from this tonight. Speaking of that compassion, let me ask you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there have been situations, you've commented before, you've talked before about the life you led before Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and how that, what, that ty- what type of life that was and things like that. What I want to ask is, how did that, did it ever affect your kids, your family, and if so, how? Uh, it affected my relationship with my wife. Uh you know, because it was, uh, it was, it was going downhill. That the the, the lifestyle, uh, and I don't need to get into all that again. I've been there before, but the lifestyle was was destroying our relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was destroying our relationship, and if it destroyed my relationship with my wife and her relationship with me, it was going to destroy the relationship with my kids. That's just what it does. Yeah. That's what that's what destruction of relationship does. It Sin. destroys kids. Kids are the ones that get hammered the most. We see it still today. That's 40 years ago. right? I, I became a Christian when I was 29. I'm 69 now, so that's 40 years ago. And, and, and the reason I'm looking is, is, is because, and like I've said, we've shared all this before, but uh, uh, I was not going to be able to sustain my life with my family. It was not going to happen. It was, it was going to go away. Uh, and and so it that, how do you think that would have affected them you know it you know I, I don't know uh, how I've watched other families be destroyed through divorce I've watched them be destroyed through uh, through illicit behavior deviant behavior sinful behavior sinful behavior I mean that's really what it is that's really what it day. is yeah I've seen them destroyed and I've seen what it does and I've seen the anger and the animosity and I've seen the uh, the 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 challenge it is just to stay afloat in people's lives. Well, I can only assume that's what would have happened to me, what would have happened to us, I, I guess. I would assume that. And I want to put a point. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but the, but the sin not just being some type of behavior, deviant mm-hmm. behavior or anything like that, 
the sin really being culminated, the, the all of it really being under this umbrella of putting yourself first. Okay, absolutely. Selfishness. That's what sin is. You know, sin sin is, is really is a narcissistic behavior. It really is. I mean, I want what I want, and I want it right now, and you're going to give it to me because I want it. You know, and whether it's you're talking about you know, that I want to do this thing, or I want to talk like this, or I want to get this, whatever it is, you may be talking to God. God, I'm going to get what I want. I want it right now. And you're going to give it to me because I want it. That's sinful. And that's really where sin comes. It's disobedience to God's law. God says do this and you say no. Why I do you want say, to do something else. Why do you say no? Because I want what I want. Right. And I don't want to do what you tell me to do. That's what sin is. And that's and, what we saw in the garden with Eve. Absolutely. Right? That's what you've seen, what you've seen in, in, in a lot of different people that we've dealt with so far. You know, that was, that was my life. What was sin going to do to my life? Well, look around you. What had it done to other people's lives? It would have done the same thing. It didn't. You know, no, I can't say it didn't. It was, it was going to, and it was in the process of doing that. And, and it had to stop. Had to stop. Fortunately for me, fortunately for a lot of people that are watching, it, it stopped soon enough. And for some, it didn't stop soon enough, and they are, they're in the process of trying to fix all of that. Or and you can be, fix it. They might be in the middle of the shipwreck right now. Well, and, but I'm saying, let's say that your lifestyle was, was in, a, was in a, a quagmire, okay, and you come to God. Well, it doesn't change overnight. No. The quagmire doesn't become good overnight. It takes work. Yeah. Now you have help. You have God's Spirit living in you. You have God's people there with you Should. to help you, yeah. and so you can you can start to start to put the pieces back together. And many people, maybe people that are watching, are still in the process of putting the pieces back together. You know, and that and that's a that's a wonderful thing to watch, but it's very difficult. Yeah. And I've seen I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in your life. I've seen it in everybody that's watching, whether you have a relationship with God or you don't. Every one of you is in the process of putting life back together because of sin in your life. Now, you may say, well, I'm not, it really wasn't that bad. Yes, it was, because one sin separated you from God. One sin separated you from God, and now you're, you're outside of a relationship with God. Simple. So what was it going to do to my kids? It was going to destroy the relationship that we had. It was going to destroy the relationship, any possibility of relationship with God. It would have destroyed it. It would have. One bad choice. One bad decision you make. Yeah, but it leads to the next one and the next one and the next one. And pretty soon you're living a lifestyle. So it's it's of, never of one sin. bad decision then. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I can't even trace mine back to one. No, they can't trace. You can't trace yours back to one. You know, I became a sinner. I don't know what it was. I don't know when it was. But I, be, I decided that I was not going to be obedient to God. And then we end up leading this lifestyle of me first. Yes. That's and where it goes, and that shipwrecks our life. And it and it does. I mean, it's a train wreck, and it, and it and it's until you get God in your life, you'd have no possible hope of putting it back together. So if you have people in your life, or you in your life, and your life's a shipwreck, you've come to God, or maybe you haven't yet, but you've come to God, and you say, "Well, how come it's not fixing it?" Because it takes work. You don't the shipwreck don't go away because you come to God. No, the attitude of what got the shipwreck there changes, and starts to change, and now you have to start working on fixing it. And that's hard. It's not a lot of some people walk away. They can't do with. They can't deal with it. Some people have lied to themselves and convinced themselves, "I'm okay. I've done this. I've done what was right with my kids." But they never saw it in your life. If they haven't seen it in your life, then you didn't do everything you needed to do. That was part of what's going to be my problem. They were if they had seen me change and it didn't see the change continue on. What what good's that? Right. That ain't no good. I mean, that's not going to accomplish anything. I'm not... Well, and that's what not Christ doesn't ask us to just make an empty commitment to change. No. He says, you need to pick up your cross and follow me. Yeah. You need to actually come along, mm -hmm. right? He who builds his house on the rock, not mm -hmm. he who considers building his house on the rock, mm -hmm. not he who looks at the rock and thinks it'd be a good place, but then doesn't build his yeah. house there. Yeah. You've got to actually build the house. You've got to actually pick up the cross and follow. And, and I was, my Friday night class, you know, a lot of times we, I, I answer questions. That's how that Friday night class goes. And I have, have a guy in there, Chris, that asked a question that he wanted to know about what does it really mean to deny yourself? And we talked about it for the whole hour. And I said, and we got to the point where I said, you know, what it takes is you have to have a mindset shift. Your mindset has to shift. 
from one following one pattern path to following another path. You know, and and that path that you that has to shift to is a path that doesn't is doesn't put you first. It puts God first. Yeah. And that's really what it's about. And when that when you do that, when you start to do that, you know, then you can start to put the the ship back together. You can start to fix the put the cars back on the track and get the train going. And it took it takes a long time. I mean, in my life, it took a long. I'm still in the process of doing some of it, but for the most part, we've gotten the, the train back on the track and and going to a healthy place. And but uh, you know, I mean, I can I can only imagine what could have happened if if that had not happened. I now I can't imagine. I know because I've seen it happen in people's lives. I know what would have happened in my life if I hadn't. Have. So I can't say. I mean, you know, you have to ask my boys. What did it cause to happen in your life? I don't know. I only know what was caused to happen between me and my wife, and uh, and it was not healthy, and it wasn't going to get healthy on its own. So, guys, p- please pay attention. If your life's in a, in a if you're in a quagmire, you're in a train wreck, it's not going to get better by yourself. You can't do this by yourself. You can't. You have to have help. You have God has to. You have to allow God to start picking up the pieces and putting you on a path that's going to take you in the right place. Before that ever happens, you have to. Make the decision to be obedient to him. That life isn't going to be about what me anymore. No, no. it's going to be about him. Yeah, and and all of what we've been seeing, even in this chapter, in this part of the chapter, it's about somebody. I want what I want. I want it now. It's about sin. It's what it's about. And you know, we're going to deal with we're going to deal with the the fallout. We're going to see this man's family destroyed. Mm-hmm. Some of the most horrendous things I could ever imagine happen to someone we're going to watch in the rest of this chapter happen mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be horrible it's going to be a well, shipwreck it's going to be sin well we've already seen it we've seen parts of it we already saw part of it what yeah. happened to his wife we looked at that last week we, did. we didn't cover it this way last week but Lot has made some bad decisions. He has made, he said, instead of going right, he went left. Instead of going left, he went right. Instead of making the right choice, he, he made a choice based on, man, I like this plant. I want yeah. that. And we, well, we saw that in the language of the story in chapter 19 mm-hmm. when he looks out over the plain and it was watered like the Garden of yeah. the Lord. That's supposed to be bringing us back to that, that decision that Eve made. Oh, look, it looks good to the eyes and it's yeah. pleasing. We're supposed to be getting that feeling yeah. like, oh, man, we're yeah. right back in the garden here. Mm-hmm. Lot's, Lot's making a bad decision here. Well, he's taken his fa- his family to a place he should never have taken them to. Yeah. When he saw that it was as bad as it was, he should have ran from that place. But we don't do that. No. We get caught up in it. You know, we, we talked about it a while ago before we started. We were talking about some things that were gone on in our lives, and, and, it, and it, uh, uh, it was, you can't say no. You just can't stop. You know, and thinking about that, I hear I hear lots of people, you know, oh, well, Jesus was a friend of, of, of sinners, of lawyers, and, and prostitutes, mm-hmm. and drunkards, and all these things. So that's where we should be, too. And I, I want to stop people and go, whoa, Jesus was calling those people to change. Yes. Successfully, might I add. Yes. He wasn't sitting down next to them at the bar drinking. No. He wasn't sitting there. He wasn't telling, going and paying for a prostitute. Either. He wasn't paying for a no, prostitute. That's not what he was doing. He was calling these people out of their sin, and they were responding. Mm-hmm. Now, hear what I'm saying, and hear what I'm not saying. But understand that good, uh, bad company corrupts good morals it does. every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. We saw in this chapter, in chapter 19, how the people in Sodom responded to yeah. Lot. He just simply asked them, please don't do this horrible thing you're trying to do. And they wanted to kill him for it. If he hadn't been there to begin with, he never had to stop them. If he hadn't been there to begin with. Every one of us, all you guys that are watching, even us, if I hadn't made that choice, I never would have been in that situation and that been a problem. If I just hadn't made that choice. But I made that choice because that's what I want. I want it right now and I want it and you're going to give it to me. You know, and, and that's where the people that are watching, that's where they are. You know, and now the consequences of that are still haunting some of them. Some of the consequences, there's still consequences in my life of things that I still remember I cannot fix. Yeah. I'll never be able to fix them. But of some of the of some of the things that happened. You either your things in your life you can never fix. There are things that they can't fix. That's right. There is, you know, God's gonna have to forgive me for it because I can't fix it. I've, there's things I've asked for forgiveness. Please forgive me for what I sat with a guy across the table. And I said, please forgive me for what I did to you. 
He said, there's nothing to forgive. I said, yes, there is. Yes, there is. And he said, well, I don't, I don't accuse you. Okay, that's great, but it, but it sure, but I'm doing enough accusing myself. So, you know, the, making right decisions is the way to not become, to get caught up in the sin. Well, and you've got to, we see, we see that difference with Lot. Lot, mm-hmm. when he chose to settle at Sodom, he wasn't putting the Lord first. No, he wasn't. When Abram offered up the decision, the choice, you go to the right, I'll go to the left. What Lot should have done was he should have stopped and prayed. Mm-hmm. He should have stopped and said, well, what is God, how does God see this? What does God think? And we don't see that at all. We see him fall into that same pit well, trap that Eve falls into. I had a, I had a, uh, a young boy, and, you know, and of course I know you don't like doing this, but, you know, we, this is on a Monday, all right, and we, you know, these guys won't see it then, but we had our men's breakfast this morning, and one of, one of uh, Sam Booth's little boys mm-hmm. Uh, came up to me and said, and he was in my Sunday morning class because we didn't have any kids' classes. So Sam and Sarah came to my class, right. brought their brought their kids. Esther was back in the sound booth with Tim and them learning sound booth stuff. And 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 the littlest one, the youngest one, I don't even Tyson. Isn't his name Tyson? What is his name? No, Titus. 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 Well, Titus, uh, he came up to me and and his dad said, "Don't you have something to tell him?" And I'm going, "Here's a little big boy. And he's looking at this this guy and 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 uh, and he said, I learned something in your class yesterday.'" I said. Really, he's like what six? Titus, yes. Six, yes. Yeah, and I th- I'm thinking the first thing I'm thinking is if I taught it in a way where this six year old can get it, then all the rest of them better have got something out of it. And he said, I learned that when I need answers to a question, I need to ask somebody. Mm. And he said, I need to ask somebody I trust. And I'm going, whoa, you know, doing that's what Lot should have done. He should have asked Abraham, Abraham, what do you think? What do you think I ought to do? Yeah. What is going to be best for my family? If he had done that, you think Abraham would have said, oh, you need to go to Sodom. That's a really fine, upstanding place to go. You think that's what Abraham would have told him? Probably not. No, no, probably not. He wouldn't have told him that. <laughs> he, did, he would have told him, he said, you know, just because it looks really green there don't mean that's the best place to go. And I don't think, and, and you know, and we... You know, have you ever had someone tell you that uh, I think you're what you're doing, fixing to do is stupid? Oh yeah. And and when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to you know, I think I think you need to step back and reevaluate here. Yeah. Maybe you need to. You see, yeah, well, like five minutes ago. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't five minutes ago. It was twenty-five minutes, minutes ago. ago. Yeah, but well, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> That'll be just something y'all have to guess what that was. But but you know the. You know, if if uh, if he had gone to Abraham, Abraham would not have told him. Abraham was smart enough to know, maybe this is not a good idea, and he could. They could have sat and talked about it together. They could have prayed together. Yeah. Just prayed together and said, "God, help us. Help. We got to make a decision here, because we can't stay together. So we got to separate here. So what's what's the best? You know, and maybe Lot wouldn't have gone to where he went to." Maybe this wouldn't have all this bad stuff that would have happened to his family because this, Lot Lot has some responsibility here. Yeah. He's the one that took his family there. His wife is a pillar of salt now. He needs to take some blame. This was partly his fault. Oh, for sure. Because he took them there. Yeah. And he took them took a wife there that wasn't spiritually well enough and spiritually strong enough to deal with it. And she looks back and longs for the place she just left, and she turns to a pillar of salt after she stood there and they told her, "Don't." Do this. She couldn't even do it for that much time, could she? No. And she turns to a pillar of salt, and his wife is gone. His think about it. And I'm going to be talking to people here that may be very painful for them. Uh, many, some of you maybe have lost a mate. I have not. I don't know what it would be like to lose my wife. I have not had to experience that yet. But I can only imagine how how uh, the the emotions that would be involved. You know, Lot's walking, and he walks, and his wife is turned to a pillar of salt, and she ain't coming back. She's gone. Right. It's over. You know, you know. I mean, if you've lost someone in your life, did you have any? Did you blame yourself? I know people. Uh, I talked to Tim Green, that and and Tim has lost a brother. You know, brother died in a violent car wreck. Uh, tire blew out and killed him, and and Tim still has some blame. He still he still blames himself to a point for his brother dying. He didn't have anything to do with it. 
but he still has some blame there. Yeah. So I can only imagine that Lot is going to live the rest of his life with some blame that he's going to feel for his wife because of the decisions he made. I'm glad I don't have to make some. I don't have to suffer for that and blame myself for some of the decisions because I've tried really hard, uh, like you are, trying really hard to make right decisions. We don't always get it right. Mm-hmm. We're trying to make right decisions. And, you know, and I'm, I'm going to put people in my life that I trust and say, hey, what do you think I should do here? Uh, you know, you, you've helped me with that already, and you're way younger than I am, and you've helped me, you know, make a, make a, a better choice about how I need to treat somebody in, in my life. You, you remember that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it really worked. And, I, and we were both amazed that it worked. <laughs> we were amazed how good it worked. You know, I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying not to be amazed anymore when God works. I know. It's I know. so difficult. But it's difficult, know? man. And it's so difficult. Because we don't expect it that way. We, we really don't. I, I mean, a lot of it sometimes it's still really being taken aback by just how much God cares about insignificant me. Because I am insignificant. I'm, I'm insignificant. And I mean, the scope of the universe, who am I? Yeah. That the creator of the universe would, would mind me one way or the other. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't mind ants or bacteria or mm. other things. I couldn't even, you know, I, what would I care? Mm. But God cares about his creation so much yeah. that he gave his only son. And, and it's seeing God play out in my life, seeing how he works even in just my life or in your life. Or in the, the the lives of our members, of the people around us. Absolutely, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing that he would care so much, especially when he is so holy. He is holy. He is he is light, right? And in him is no sin. And we who constantly sin, constantly fall into it, and everything, he would care about us so much that he would he would dine to think about the shipwrecks in our lives. It's it's shocking. It's shocking to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I try not to be amazed at his work in us and through us and around us, but, you know, it's it's still amazing. It's an yeah, amazing thing. It is. It, it's a, it's a, it can be overwhelming sometimes because you don't feel worthy, really don't feel worthy of, of, of that kind of interaction in your life. Right. Because, yeah, absolutely. Because you've done some of these things and you've made some of these decisions that have caused trauma and pain in people's lives, and you're looking at it and saying... You know, well, hey, you know, I mean, I'm not that much different than this guy. Yeah. You know, how how does God feel about Lot? You know, how does he feel about him? He doesn't really tell us. But how is what how's Lot doing here? I mean, probably not well. And it's not going to, this isn't, it's not over yet. We still got some stuff to go well, with. Well, let's, and let's get into it. We've beaten around the bush a little bit on, on what is about to occur. We're in Genesis chapter 19. And we're gonna we're gonna complete nineteen today. Yes. But let's let's get into it. So Lot has just fled Sodom and Gomorrah. We've talked about that. He lost his wife along the way. The angel said, Don't look back. She looked back. Yeah. Turned into a pillar of salt. Lot is watching his family be destroyed around him. He's he's seen a city destroyed and now he's fleeing. So Lot and his two daughters left Zoar. They fled there. We're, and we're in verse thirty. We're in verse thirty, yeah. yes. Lot and his two daughters left Zoar. They fled and settled in the mountains. For he was afraid to stay in Zoar. Remember, Zoar was the place where he asked to asked to go to. Can I go here? I can't make it all the way to where yeah, you yeah. told me to go. I can't yeah. make it. Can I go here? They said, fine. And that's not even a good place. And that's not even a good place. Because he's afraid no. to go there. He's afraid. He's terrified. Well, he, you've seen the judgment of God. It's a terrifying thing. Yeah. I think there's something there's something that we can all learn. God's judgment is a horrible thing. We don't wish that upon anybody. No, that's why we no. preach Christ. Yeah. Because people are headed towards judgment. Yeah. Right? Christ said, Narrow is the way, but yeah. wide are the yeah. avenues of destruction. And, and so this said, is, and he said he was the only way. He did the only way. We dealt with that when we talked about him being well, the being the gate. He is the only way. Yep. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, we preach Jesus. It's interesting because I've seen people over and over and over again get upset at people who preach Jesus. They're like, you know, just let people be people. And I'm like, you know, if you see somebody in a house that's on fire, you tell them and you try to get them out. And that's what we're doing. We see people heading towards destruction. They're making a shipwreck of their life, and that's just their life here. Not to mention the eternal judgment that awaits. It's a serious thing, and we're trying to help. We're trying to tell you, stop doing that and come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Find out what it means to follow Jesus. And we try to do it in the most loving and caring and passionate way possible. Not everybody does. I'm not saying that the way everybody preaches Jesus is necessarily right. 
I had a had an instructor one time who said, it's good news and you should preach it in a good way. And I agree with that. That's true. Mm -hmm. But the reality is God's judgment is a terrifying thing to behold. And Lot had a front row seat. Yeah. He just saw God's judgment on the wicked come in a mighty way. And he is terrified. Yeah. And so he's left Zor. He's fleeing there. He and his two daughters, look at this. They live in a cave. They're so terrified they've moved to a cave. Revelation talks about this, and they'll run to the mountains and say, cover us. Man, his judgment is a terrifying thing to behold. And this is the result. Lot and his daughters are now living in a cave. One day, and it gets it just continues to get worse. One day, 31, the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to give us children, as is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then sleep with him and preserve our family line through our father. Oh my gosh. That night they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and slept with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. The next day the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I slept with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight and you go in and sleep with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also, and the younger daughter went in and slept with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. These, these two names will come up again down the way. I promise you they're coming up. You're going to deal with them, and we're going to see them, and we're going to relate back to here and see where they came from, where they had their origin from. So this sinful act yeah. is where they come from. Well, and it's important to remember who the intended audience here is. Mm -hmm. The intended audience, right, are these Jews coming up out of Egypt. Specific Now, when I say the intended audience, understand I'm speaking specifically to Moses yeah. writing this stuff down yeah. mm -hmm. and who— who he's telling this to. Yeah. And he's telling this to the Israelites who have just fled Egypt. And so he's recounting all of these things in great detail to them. Mm -hmm. And they're encountering the Moabites. They're encountering the Ammonites. Yep. And they are related because yep. the Israelites That's are descended right. from Abraham. When he, when he writes this, they are in the throes of dealing with all of this as he, That's right. as he writes some of this stuff. Encountering these people groups because both of, both of these children... Boab and Ben-Ami will become people groups. They'll become the Moabites and the Ammonites. Yeah. And the Israelites deal with them. And the Israelites are children of descendants and it's from not, Abraham. It's, it's never good when they Almost. deal. Almost. Almost never good. When they Almost. Yeah. You know, God's going to say at one point that he hates the Moabites. Mm -hmm. But there's a Moabitess. There's a female well, Moabitess yes, yes. who ends up in the line of Christ. Yes, there is. So, you know, but that's that's a little tidbit for way down the road. Well, now hold on though. <laughs> this is a horrible situation. Yes. This is horrific. Yes. But we stand. Well, let's deal with the horrible situation first. Okay. All right. And then and then we'll talk about what the. Well, good we've talked about the horrible situation okay. quite All a bit, right. haven't we? Yes. I mean, we have. we've we've talked about making yeah. shipwrecks and everything, mm -hmm. and, and this is a shipwreck. I mean, anybody out there think this isn't a shipwreck? <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is horrific. Yeah. This is. But what? But my my part of it. How did these daughters even come up with the idea of doing this? They lived in Sodom these, and Gomorrah. That, because, the, because the choices that were made by mom and daddy, they made these choices, and these daughters, this is how they were raised. This is how they Folk, grew up. And br brothers and sisters, listen very carefully. Our world is preaching this type of horrific nonsense to our children on a daily basis. They absolutely are. On a daily basis. You need you to know what they're to, being taught. You need to be aware Brother, if you have children, you need to be aware of what they're what they're watching, of what they're listening to, because the world is trying to lead them to this place of destruction. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. They're trying to win your children over on a daily basis. The world is, and really, Satan is. Satan, Satan. is trying to win Satan's them the over to do it. through the world, mm -hmm. teaching them all sorts of foolishness that is not true. And it's this sexual immorality. Our culture, especially, deals with this this type of sexual immorality on a daily basis daily basis it's I asked, disgusting I asked, I asked i don't remember what class it was and i asked them i said how many of you got one of these yeah you know this is a click away yes. from being in a place where you know i mean if you know what to do with it it's a yeah. click away from being you can go you can you know i mean it's it's it can be it can be and children man man some children are way smarter at this using this thing than i am 
They can navigate stuff that I can't navigate on it. We have to be so careful as parents. Yeah. We have to be really on top of that. I was, in fact, I was just telling you, I canceled Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a Disney Plus. We had a Netflix subscription way back, and uh, when we converted, you know, we kept it for a while. Well, they started putting stuff on Netflix. You know, on the kids side of things that was supporting, you know, sexual morality, mm-hmm. and we're not going to expose our children to that. We're not. We're not okay with that. Yeah. And so we got rid of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Well, Disney Plus came out, and you know, hey, we like all the old Disney cartoons. We mm-hmm. like all the old Disney mm-hmm. movies. Most of them have very good, decent mm-hmm. messages mm-hmm. coming from the world. And so, you know, we we got it. We got Disney Plus, and I, I told my wife, I said, but you watch. They're going to do the same thing Netflix did, and when they do, we're going to cancel them. And I'm going to turn them off. And, and sure did. enough, they did. Pixar came out with a little short film a few months ago that's, uh, that has a central character that it lives this sexually immoral lifestyle. And we're supposed to be okay with that. And I'm not okay with that. It's just that I'm not okay with that. That's not okay. And I'm not going to have my children raised uh, listening to media and being a part of media that advocates that type of lifestyle. It's just not going to happen. That is sinful behavior. Now, notice what I'm saying. It's sinful behavior. I'm not condemning the feeling. I'm not condemning the, the that, uh, oh my gosh, I feel this way. Uh, we feel ways. The question isn't how we feel. The question is what we decide to do with it. Mm-hmm. And any type of per- anybody who says to you that it's okay to live a sexually immoral lifestyle, you're wrong. It's not. God's not okay with that. Now, we, I understand that people feel certain ways. Mm-hmm. I understand that, and I sympathize with that. I really do. That's that is a that is a very difficult that is not cross our goal here to bear. That's however, our... however, mm-hmm. God is going to call me to account for the way I behave and and this here for the choices this, I make. This, this this particular kind of behavior is prevalent in some areas. Some this deviant behavior is prevalent in some places. Yep. People look at that and they and they and they this they get involved in this, you know. But God said that this. The result of these two girls is going to be Moabites and the Ammonites. And that is going to be a thorn in the side of Israel for a long time. The sin, the consequence of sin isn't just, you know, short little burps. Sometimes it's far reaching. I mean, thousands of years. Even It's like, you know, it's, it's even like good stuff. I mean, you, you know, that, that little Titus is going to remember that what he learned. For a long time, and that was the choice that his mom and dad made to bring them to class. I, I don't have a problem with them coming to class. They want to bring them to class. You know, I, I thought, you know, okay, you know, you're going to be able to handle them in here. This is going to be a boring class for them. I'm thinking, how boring is this going to be for them? <laughs> and, you know, they paid attention as well as all the other adults did, and he even learned something. So that's a choice they made. That's a good choice, and that that those kind of choices will will ride with those kids for the rest of their life, the choices Absolutely. they're making. Absolutely. What you guys are doing on Friday night. Right. You know, your small group. You're doing, you're doing a small group with a bunch of young parents, with little young kids, and y'all are teaching them memory work and Bible verses, and you're singing songs with them. Hey, you're talking about taking them, when we start doing the singing stuff on Friday, taking them to the, taking the whole family to singing, and let them sing with it. Man, you know, they're going to get to, that, that's going to be, that's going to be invaluable for those kids. Yeah. Think about what, when Lot finds out, it doesn't say anything about it here. <laughs> Lot finds out that his, his daughters, you know, what was he doing drinking and getting drunk? You, you see, I mean, there wasn't just a couple of bad choices. There was a whole lifestyle of bad choices, just like with me, just like with you, and just like with you guys. Now, a couple of things. Peter will call Lot a righteous man. Yes, he will. It's amazing to me how much garbage can accumulate in the life of a righteous man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it reminds me very much that the righteous man will live by faith. Mm-hmm. It's not perfection. No. It's by faith. No. It's by faith and dependence on God that the righteous man and, lives. And, you know, and dispel, it's not faith alone. No, it's not. No. Because faith is a lifestyle. It is. It is acting out our lifestyle. That's what faith is. Can't you say, oh, I believe in Jesus, I'm, I'm good. Yes, I believe in well, Jesus. That's not, but that's not faith either. No, it's not. And when, and when but, that, but, the yeah. world, but the world says it is. Oh, yeah, for sure. For they sure. say it is, and that's not true either. Yeah, when the angel showed up and said, Lot, you need to go, he went. Yes. That was faith in action. Yeah, you it know? was. That was that's absolutely what, that's faith, faith in action. Faith is obedience. Absolutely. And being obedient, doing what you're supposed to do. And, you know, and here, 
to, to see these girls do this and think it's okay is because of the lifestyle they've been involved with and they've been in, in, influenced by for probably their whole lives. Sin has consequences. Yes, it does. And it makes a shipwreck. Yeah. But God can do amazing things with a shipwreck. You know, and I read this, and you the question you asked me a while ago, I'm thinking, God, I can't even begin to imagine where my kids would be right now if we had continued on the path we were going. No, yeah. not we. I can't say we. I can't say we. Me. Georgia well, was not anywhere. Any, she did. But I know Georgia. Yeah. And Georgia would say that she had her own. Of course she, she would. Of course. But I, I've got to say, you know, she was never okay with a lot of the stuff I was doing, but she was there because she was my wife. She was. She wasn't okay with that stuff. I, I understand. I would say that she didn't I would participate. Say she wasn't participating in that stuff. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it was. It was. Uh, and I'm looking at it and saying, God, some of the choices I was making, just like Lot, man, it could have. It could have been really off the rails. It could have been off the rails so much it couldn't come back. Right. And and we got people that that you know, and it, not because God couldn't have put it back up together, I wouldn't have allowed it. But it's amazing what God can put back together. Yeah. You know, this is a shipwreck. And we've been talking about that yeah, this whole time. This it is horrible. This is horrific. Moab. Yeah. Go ahead. There's a daughter, there's a lady named Ruth. Yes. Who, who is a Moabitess up. woman. Who's a Moabitess woman. She's a descendant of this whole thing. Now remember, God will say he hates the Moabites. Yes. She's in the line of Christ. Yeah. She marries Obed. Boaz. Huh? Boaz. Boaz. She's not Obed. Boaz. They have a child. They have a child. And if you want to know that story, go look at the book of Ruth. Go look in the book of Ruth. Go read the book of Ruth. We'll get there, but this grandmother, great-grandmother of King David. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who's yeah. in the, who's, who's, and she's a, she's a Moabite. Woman. Moabite. And Christ comes through this line. So God can take a shipwreck like this. He can take the horrific things that go on in our life, and he can turn them. Into good. something really amazing. He can turn them. He can take this, this horrific situation and turn it. This judgment, really. Because yeah. this was, this was, I mean, this, he judged Sodom and Gomorrah for their evilness. Mm -hmm. That led to this. And God can take this horrific thing and he can turn around and he can bring salvation for all mankind. That's absolutely true. And it's. And that's exactly what he did. He does. And, he did and, do it. And so, <laughs> you know, when, you know, hopefully guys, you're looking at this and saying, well, Man, what could he possibly do in my life then? If he could do that here with this thing, because this is this is evil. This is deviant behavior. It, it is deviant behavior that was perpetrated partly by the decisions of the parents. Okay? So, you know, man, many of you say, well, I've never done that. God can fix this, and he can make something good happen out of this. Then he can think of what he could do in your life. The, the positive stuff that could happen. And I look at, I look at you know, your life and my life and, and people's lives that I know here. I mean, you know, we sat down this morning, had breakfast with 25. Well, there was 18 men and there was about, there was about six, or seven young, six or seven young men there. Your son was there. Two of my grandsons were there. Uh, uh, Sam and Sarah's two children were there. So that was five right there. Yeah. Yep. Five young men were there that were from six to, no, from four to about seven or eight. Mm -hmm. I think Mason is the oldest, I think. Yeah. He's older than Scott, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. So he's about eight or nine, eight or nine, something like that, mm -hmm. eight. So it was from four to eight. That was what, and, and, you know, positive stuff. They're seeing positive stuff. Completely different than this. Yeah. But at some point, they're going to make choices on their own, and they're going to be sinners. At some point. And and they they need to know that there's a God out there that, you know, I never hid anything from my boys. My boys know what I was like. They know what I did. They know the, some of the details of what I did. And I wanted them to know because I wanted them to say, see, hey, man, if, you, if, if my dad was that bad and did that much stuff and God fixed him, yeah. my, my attitude is if he can fix me, fix anybody. Fix anybody. And I think I look at you, and you, and I know you oh, feel the yeah. same way. If he can fix me, he can fix anybody. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, so, so if you you're know, if you're watching, hey, if he can fix us, he can fix you. And if he can fix you, he can fix anybody. I encountered one right after I was baptized and became a Christian. Um, 
I encountered a coworker. You know, I couldn't stop. I'd tell my, I was telling my sure. coworkers about yeah. it. You know, you know how new, new Christians are. Yeah, I know. Just, yeah. Just, oh, it's like passion, everything. man. We're just you know, <laughs> on fire. Yeah. And so I was talking to one of my partners working on the ambulances. And, uh, you know, I told her, I said, you know, hey, you should you should come to church with me. You should check it out. And she looked at me and she said, I'm not good enough. Oh, wow. To go to church. And it just floored me. I didn't know what to say. You know, I was just totally shocked. The reality is none of us are good enough. My my uh, my father-in-law, and I know I, I may have talked about him before. My father-in-law's name was Jerry Todd. And Jerry Todd was George's stepfather. Okay. And I had that same conversation with him. He knew we changed. He knew what I was before. He'd seen bits and pieces of it. I don't know why he let me marry his daughter, but he did. And uh, and I saw, and I, we were sitting, I, we were in his house, outside of Hallisville. We're sitting by the fireplace. Fire's going. It's cold. And we're talking about it. And he said, you need to stop. He said, the things I've done, he said, I can never be forgiven for the things I've done. I've been too bad. And I said, and I, because I've been at it for a while. And I asked him, I said, you ever kill anybody? No. I said, never kill anybody. Never did. No, never did. I said, I want to take you. And I flipped over and I flipped to the book of Acts. And I said, I want to show you a guy that did kill somebody. And God saved him. Don't ever say you can't, God, you've been too bad. You can't have been too bad. God can still save you. King David, mm-hmm. also in the line yep. of Christ. Also in the line of Christ. Murder, adulterer. Yep. And, and uh, my father-in-law was baptized about 10 years, 15 years before he died and was faithful member of the church, faithful, you know, did everything he could do and, uh, and died in a relationship with God. Wow. That's awesome. I, it wasn't because it was because of God put other people in his life. It oh, wasn't no. because of us, but it, we started it, but it was other people in his life. And, and it was, uh, it's Elvis. always God's work. Absolutely. But it's fun to have, to, it's fun oh. to be a part of it. Oh man. It's so fun. Man, it's I so got, to, fun. I got to do his memorial service, man. What a hoot, man. Because, you know, it, because, you know, I knew that I knew where he went. Yeah. I, I knew the decisions he had made. And he wasn't perfect. He he was still a crotchety man. He was, man, he had, <laughs> but you know what? He was in a right relationship with God, and he knew it. He was the one that told me. He said, well, you don't need to study the Old Testament, boy. He said that, he said that was written a long time ago, and that ain't for us. That was way before he was baptized. He didn't think that way after a while. And I remember going down there one time, and I don't remember if he was still alive, but I, I did preach in front. I did preach when he was there one time, and I preached on Naaman, uh, the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and uh, and t- t- taught about Naaman and his leprosy, and that's what I taught on. And uh, and I and I still I think back and I think, you know, all the stories that he and I talked about, all the things he called me, he called me sometime in the middle of the day, and he said, "Man, I just heard something." And he said, "I want to ask your opinion about this." This was after he was a Christian. And we we talking, you know what we were talking about? Stuff out of the Old Testament. <laughs> the same thing. He said, Oh, you need to read that. He said, That's not for us. That was that we're only gonna I'm only gonna read the New Testament. But God changed him, man. Yeah. God changed his heart, man. And it was amazing to be a part of it. And uh, and you know, and and to see that God that that Lot is gonna be called a righteous man. I know that he got his feet back on the ground. He allowed God to change, even though all this horrendous stuff had happened. Shipwreck, man. Man, a train wreck right in front of an airplane to crash into it. You and know, it's just terrible. He's going to take all of it, and he's going to bring Christ through it. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. It's it's awesome to think that God can look at this horrific thing and go, that's okay, because I'm going to bring Jesus. And I don't know who you are, because I'm talking to a camera. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I know you're out there. And one day you're going to watch this. And your life, you're going to look around and you're going to see the death and destruction and the deviancy in your life. And you're going to say, I have been too bad. And I'm saying, no, you haven't. Mm-hmm. You haven't been too bad for God. God can can take murderers and rapists and adulterers and all the, the whole gamut. And he can clean you up, dust you off, and set you on the right path. He can do that. He can. And, but you have to let him. You have to say, God, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Please help me, and God will help you. Give us a call. We'd love to Absolute, help you too. Call us. I would love to talk to you, and and uh, and just and just let you share with me what what you've been through, and let you share with us what you've been through, and uh, and we'll help navigate you. We'll pray with you. We yeah, want to pray with you. 
You know, all you want to do is call us on the phone. Call us on the phone. We'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. Cole will pray with you. You know, to, and and we'll and we'll start talking to God with you, and uh, and God wants desperately to save your life. That's what Jesus came and died on the cross for. That's right. Well, we're gonna be in chapter twenty next week. We'll be in chapter twenty next week. We finally got through chapter nineteen. I'm excited. Hey, I'm amazed <laughs> that it took us well, as long as it did. And what's 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 interesting is we're gonna see a very similar story to what we've seen before. Yes, we have. Yeah. Abraham is gonna. It's you know. Gonna he's, fall down again. He's gonna fall right down on his face again. Yep. You know, yeah, and uh, but we're getting close to the promise. Yeah, we're getting close to the promise that's going to be fulfilled. The promise of He's going to bless him, and through His seed, all nations are going to be blessed. We're getting close to that culmination of that of seeing that seed unfold itself. That's right. We're gonna we're getting close to Isaac. We are, and that brings a whole bunch more stuff that we're going to get to study. I can't wait, guys, study with you. I hope you're I hope you're excited as we are about studying this with you. Yeah, I hope we're making it easy for you to understand. You know, we're not navigating through calling people, you know, you shouldn't do that. You know, man, sin is sin. That's right. Sin's sin. It's disobedience to God's law. That's what it is. God can save us, but but not letting him do that means we fall into judgment. And if you saw anything from this chapter, you saw God's judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, it was when, bad. and when you're in sin, when you've committed sin, you're already in judgment. Yes, the, the, real, the reality is. Reality is, you are in judgment. That yeah. you, you're going to be judged. Yeah. And you're going to be found lacking because you're in sin, because you've yeah. sinned. And that's that. That's you why know, Jesus you, had you pointed out something Frank Turek said earlier mm-hmm. today. You know, mm-hmm. he said that, you know, no, you're not condemned because you don't believe in Jesus. You're condemned for all the sin that you did. <laughs> there, now, there not a lot of sin. Jesus is, is a sin. Is a sin as well. Sin. But, you know, it's all the sin that does it. It's all, the, it's it's all a, of it's the selfishness. And the focus, the focus on ourselves, and the and the, the fighting and scratching and getting getting mine, instead of and you know none of us can even track it back to the first time we said, yeah, I'm going to disobey God. Can't even go. We don't even know where it was. We just know that that's what, we, but we did it. Yeah. That's that. Not believing in Jesus is just another one of them. Is all that's it right. is. If you want to see the line of Jesus, I want to recommend Matthew chapter one. Uh, you can go check it out. It has that's that whole genealogy there, mm-hmm. that whole chapter one. It's it's got everything. It's got you know Abraham and Isaac and all that. But if you scroll down a little bit, you're gonna see uh, in verse five of Matthew chapter one, you'll see Ruth there, and Ruth was a Moabitess. And then you can watch it all unfold. And, and you're, how gonna, he you're gonna to Jesus. see you're gonna see a an adulterer, a murderer, <laughs> a Moabitess, a prostitute. Yeah, they're all there, guys. They're all there. They're all there. All that deviancy is there. In the seed line of Jesus. That's right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for for the for the power of your word and the power that you have in our lives, that you can change our lives and make us into something so valuable and so useful. You can make us into your children. Father, that is amazing to me. I know where all of us have come from. Not just me, all of us. Sin is ugly and it's dirty and it's filthy. And it causes a separation between us and you. And you loved us enough to bridge that gap through your son. Father, we cannot say thank you enough. We will try. We'll try by doing things with our lives and trying to help people and get people there. But ultimately, it's because of you and your power in our lives that we can do what we do. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. And it's in the name of your son we pray.